What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Inside Inter-Miami, the Miami Herald show about everything Inter-Miami. I'm your host, Andre Fernandez, Deputy Sports Editor at the Herald, joined once again by our Inter-Miami beat writer, Michelle Kaufman. And what a crazy week. She's doing the pistolero thing for uh, for Luis Suarez, but we're, we haven't seen much of that yet. And I don't know how much we're going to see anytime soon uh, because it's it's been a tumultuous week for Inter-Miami, to say the least. I mean, finally a win. Finally, some goals, and yet this tour still feels like kind of a disaster with some of the stuff that's going on off the field more than on the field. You know, protests about Messi not playing, you name it. What a mess. And uh, here's Michelle and I to wrap it to, to, to give some perspective for you. But, Michelle, let's uh, let's dive right in. I mean, what a, what a crazy week it's been on the road for these boys uh, overseas. Yeah, I mean it's it's been it's been a disaster. It's been pretty much a PR nightmare, to be honest. Uh, you know, first of all, they lost six zero. Uh, let's not forget, with all of the stuff that's been happening the last few days, uh, they did lose six zero to Al Nasser without Ronaldo. Ronaldo was not there. He did not play. They gave up three goals in the first twelve minutes. Three goals in twelve minutes. I mean, it was a nightmare. And meanwhile, Messi was sitting, watching on the bench. Um, you know, it was uh, it was really not what they had in mind. You know, that this the game was billed as the last dance. It's going to be Messi against Ronaldo. It's going to be all this stuff, and it turned out to be a nightmare. Ronaldo wasn't there and didn't play. Messi, you know, came in at the very very end when they were already losing six zero. He just came in the eighty third minute, which was very strange, but. He said last night, which I'll get into after, that you know that he wanted to play a few minutes in that game just to see how he could feel because he had been uh, he'd been having hip discomfort in the adductor part of his hip, and uh, they did an MRI and they determined that it wasn't quite an injury but an edema, an edema, you know, like a fluid sac or whatever in there. So he was having discomfort. He wanted to try it out, he says. So he went out, you know, in the last seven minutes of that game. But they lost 6-0, um, which was, you know, really, really embarrassing um, and not what they had in mind. And obviously the Saudis paid a lot of money for that game to see Messi. And they just got to see him at the very end when the team was already losing 6-0. I mean, you could see that Drake Callender, who had such a great season last year, he looked shell-shocked, to be honest. Um, everyone watching the game was pretty much stunned with what was happening. Uh, then they go to Hong Kong, and that's when things really got bad. Things got crazy, although they won. So I say things got bad. They won. They got their first preseason win um, in five games. They finally got their first win. They got four goals, four goals. You know, Robert Taylor scored. Lawson Sunderland started that game. They didn't start any of the four. The big four did not start that game. Uh, it was a lineup of people you wouldn't expect, a lot of them. Uh, Lawson Sunderland scored a nice goal. Robert Taylor scored. Uh, Campana scored. I mean, they, they, got, they got four goals in that game. Um, and and uh, Ryan Saylor scored on a header at the end. He had come in as a sub for uh for Christoph who went out injured. So, you know, for I mean, Campana we would expect Robert Taylor, but the other two goals from Ryan Saylor 
and Lawson Sunderland, two guys who had had very few minutes, you know, since Messi got here, to be honest. And all of a sudden they win, they win 4-1. But while they're winning, the fans, 40,000 Hong Kong fans are booing. They were booing and booing and booing. They were chanting for Messi. Every time there was a substitute whose name was not Messi, they would boo because they were there to see Messi. Punto y aparte, as we say in Spanish. You know, <laughs> the the ticket set into Miami versus Tokyo 11. Those fans were thinking they were seeing Lionel Messi versus Tokyo 11. That's not what the ticket said. That's not what they really bought a ticket for. But in their minds, that's what they bought a ticket for. And the game was hyped with a lot of Messi in the in all of the buildup. There was a giant boat a sailboat with three giant sails in the middle of the Victoria Harbor with Messi's face emblazoned on this big giant pink sail, of course, with Adidas logos too. Adidas put this big gigantic ad with Messi's face on it all over Hong Kong. Messi's face was plastered everywhere you turn. The fans thought that they were going to see Messi on the field. The day before the game, they had an open trial i mean an open uh, workout an open training session open to the public Forty thousand people came a sellout crowd people waited for hours for the open workout and they got to see messi he was out there doing a light jog but they got to all get their pictures to put it on their instagrams and their TikToks and whatever that they got a picture of messi jogging around the field he did a clinic with, I believe, 80 kids or 100 kids. He did a clinic, a charity clinic. Um, and then the people who arrived at the game Sunday assumed that they were going to see Messi play. Now, this is where things got ugly, 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 because the promoter, the promoter of this game says in in you know the next day in the aftermath of the booing and the jeering and the they even booed David Beckham no one boos well you know nowadays no one boos David Beckham the English fans did boo him back back when sometimes but he got booed by the crowd in Hong Kong which usually loves him but he came out after the game kind of to you know kind of to uh placate the crowd to say thank you so much for your support and they all started booing and jeering because they did not get to see Messi. So it was a disaster. The next day they were yelling refund, refund. They wanted refunds. The Hong Kong government got involved. The Hong Kong government, you know, things are bad when the national government is putting out a statement within about an hour after the game saying that they were deeply disappointed that Lionel Messi did not play in this game, that they had been led to believe he was going to play and so on and so forth. So fast forward to the next day, uh, the promoter, the promoter of the game comes out and has a press conference, a big press conference. And he explains that in the contract that they signed with Inter Miami, there was a clause that said marquee players, including Lionel Messi, Sergio Busquets, Jordi Alba, and any other world known player who signs after this contract has been signed which did include Luis Suarez, are required to play in the game unless they are injured, unless they are injured. Okay, that was a clause. Um, so what happened is, according to the promoter, according to the promoter, the pregame roster that they received 
on the day of the game, the pregame roster listed Messi and Suarez as substitutes. That led them to believe that both players were fit to play, available to play, and that they would come in at some point. They claim, the promoter claims that at halftime of the game, they were informed that neither player was going to play, that they were that they were injured, that they were not going to play. They, in, in turn, informed the Hong Kong government because the government had pledged $2 million of financial to support to put on this event. So the promoter is calling, imagine, the promoter is calling at halftime the, the Hong Kong government to say, I'm so sorry, but Messi will not be playing and it looks like Suarez will not be playing. The Hong Kong government puts out an angry statement. Then according to the promoter again, he says that they, uh, they asked Inter-Miami, they urged Inter-Miami to have Messi address the crowd, that he should come out and address the crowd and say something to the crowd and that it did not happen. They, it, he said in his words, we requested this, we urged this to no avail. So they left that, the you know, Inter-Miami left Tokyo on a very sour note when they went to receive their trophy. They had a little trophy at the end. And as they were receiving their trophies and their little medals, the whole place was booing. You could see in the faces of DeAndre Yedlin and, you know, um, Gressel and Messi, the people that were in the pictures that were shown of the medal ceremony, they looked so sad. They looked like they wanted to be anywhere but there. They were being booed relentlessly. So they leave Hong Kong. They go to Japan. When they land in Japan, they find out that that promoter had had that press conference. So then the next question, going into this game Wednesday in Tokyo against Vissel, um, Vissel Kobe is A, was Messi going to play? B, was the team going to make some kind of statement? C, was Messi going to make some kind of statement? As we know, and as we discussed before, last episode, Messi does not speak to the media very often. It's just not something that he's done in the past. It's not customary. So the question was, is he going to speak? Is the team going to say something? What's going to happen in the 48 hours between the Hong Kong game and the Tokyo game? As it turns out, Tuesday, Tokyo time, uh, Lionel Messi did have a press conference all by himself, sitting on a stool, <laughs> looking very small and very lonely, sitting on a stool in front of a bunch of cameras and microphones. And he took questions. It wasn't that he just gave a statement. I mean, I give him total credit. He They opened it up for questions. He answered every question and he explained in detail about the injury. He says that he felt an injury. He felt some discomfort during the first game against Al-Hilal. He told the medical team they, you know, they had it checked. He had an MRI. They found that, you know, that fl sac fluid, whatever, in his hip, in the adductor portion. Uh, and then he tried to play. They gave him treatment and stuff. They He tried to play, he said, for a few minutes against Al Nasser. He wanted to see how he would feel. He was still feeling discomfort. When they got to Hong Kong, he decided to participate in the uh, in the free in the open in the open warm up because he said when we saw when I saw so many people there so excited to see us I felt that I wanted to at least go out there and participate so he did he was out there on the field jogging he didn't do anything 
strenuous, but he jogged out there in front of the people and he said he wanted to participate in the charity uh, children's event. So he did that. But then he said on the day of the game, it was just too painful. He was in too much discomfort. The doctors told him it would be risky, which Tata had also said. And the decision was made, sort of a last minute decision was made that he would not play. Going forward, he said that he feels much better, at least as of Tuesday. He said he was feeling much better than he had in prior days. He was going to try to train on Tuesday, which we saw footage of him training on Tuesday. But he said that he did not know until after that training session to see how he feels, whether he would be ready or not for Tokyo. He said, in all honesty, I don't know if I will be ready. And that really was the right thing for him to say, because when they leave it until the last second and then announce whether he's going to play or not play, or if he's even maybe going to play, when that waits till the last minute, it's not good. It's not a good look. It makes people suspicious. It makes people start making up stories. The best thing for Inter Miami and for Messi to do was to get in front of the story before they're going to play in Tokyo, which they did. He's already put it out there. Hey, guys, I'm feeling a little better, but I may not play. So if, if he does not play on Wednesday, the fans in Tokyo should not be shocked. He has already said out of his own mouth that he may not play. So I think that he and the team, you know, realized, you know, all of the hoop that they were getting around the world and all of the criticism from a PR standpoint, they needed to handle this proactively, which they have, which they definitely have. Yeah, well, I think, uh, you know, a lot to unpack there, obviously, but I think we have to kind of, I mean, this this whole thing, like you said, it's a, it's a PR nightmare. I mean, perspective-wise, you know, how, how I guess how they go over there and they try to build this brand, you know, and, and this is a team that obviously is still very young franchise, has never handled this before, something on this scale. I mean, how... I, Perspective-wise, how damaging has this been for them and even Messi himself? I mean, I mean, it's good that he came out and he spoke for sure. I mean, that's at least some damage control there for what's going on. But I mean, this is not a good look, obviously, for a guy who has been predominantly like we talked about off camera, squeaky clean throughout his career and so beloved and all of that. So. This team still has a season to look forward to, you know, and obviously there's two concerns that we keep talking about this balance, all this stuff going on off the field, image, whatever, plus health. And that's going to happen because these guys are in their mid 30, mid to late thirties already. I'm saying guys plural because it's not just him. It's Luis Suarez who's also banged up. So, I mean, the image side of it, how do they kind of turn this around, you know, in the next you know, however long, I mean, how damaging has this been, do you think, for, for Inter-Miami and even for him being here? Yeah, I mean, he he and David Beckham both are iconic athletes who have had a very good image. They're very image conscious. Uh, you know, their teams are very image conscious, the teams that they play on. And so, you know, this, it definitely in the short term has been damaging. It has not been a good week for brand, for the Messi brand, for the Inter-Miami brand, you know, even MLS, I'm sure is cringing somewhere. The MLS executives, the Apple executives, you know, this is not what they had in mind 
when Inter Miami announced that they're going to go 24,000 miles and the little map that showed everywhere, they're going to go to Saudi Arabia, they're going to go to Hong Kong, they're going to go to Tokyo, they're going to expand the brand of the league of Apple products of Lionel Messi, you know, of Inter Miami, all of these brands were going to be, you know, expanded and, you know, around the world. And this is going to be a really exciting time. And because of the injury, because he has not been able to play, that the fans are not getting what they wanted or, you know, what they think that they paid for. Even though, again, I say that legally, you know, legally he, he was under contract to play if he, if healthy, but if he is injured, he is not under contract to play. And the thing is that in sports, as we know, we've covered sports a long time, Andre, this is not like a Taylor Swift concert. If Taylor Swift gets sick and can't have a concert and people paid exorbitant fees, they cancel the concert. They reschedule the concert. In this case, this was not a Lionel Messi performance that people bought a ticket for. This is not a Lionel Messi concert that people bought a ticket for, even though that is how they perceived it. The reality is they bought a ticket for Inter-Miami against Hong Kong 11, and they got to see Inter-Miami score four goals against Hong Kong 11, but it's not the four people that they wanted to see. They, right. didn't, they didn't care. Those people don't care about Robert Taylor and Campana and Lawson Sunderland and Ryan Saylor. You know, well, those I think, fans I think are messy fans. Yeah, I think perception is the key word you said there because they do see it as the messy ticket. I mean, maybe like you said, legally and you know, whatever you want to call it, it's not. But and uh, you know, comparing her to Taylor Swift, I mean Taylor Swift's about to fly from Japan to the Super Bowl, so give her credit for that. She's not sitting it out. She's definitely not sitting it out. But if she had to sit it out, they would just cancel it and <laughs> yeah. the fans would get to go another day. In this case, when an athlete gets injured, they don't reschedule the game typically for now. Sorry, Messi's injured now, but as soon as he gets better, we're going to fly back to Hong Kong and we're going to, you know, you guys can all get to see him when he's feeling better. That's not, that's not how it is. That's not how it is. So in this case, I mean, the, the, the reality is there are two fan bases. There is the Inter-Miami fan base, which are the season ticket holders. They're the ones who want to, who, go, who do care about Leo Campana. They do care about Robert Taylor. They know who they are. They care when they score. They want this team to win. They know that February 21st is a season opener. They want, ML, they want this team to go to the MLS Cup. Those are the season ticket holders who have been charged double this year for their season tickets. What they are concerned about is the MLS season and the MLS players on this team. Then you have the messy fans, the messy cult around the world. All they care about is messy. They don't care at all about this team, only as it relates to messy. So, you know, the fans around the world are just there to see messy. The fans here in Miami, yes, there are fans who come to see messy in Miami, but there is a large fan base that was there before Messi, that will also be there after Messi. And they are concerned with the MLS team, Inter-Miami, that includes, and they are excited that the MLS team, Inter-Miami, has on its roster, Messi, Suarez, Busquets, and Alba. That's very exciting to them because they want to win. And those are four of the best players of this generation. So that is a different, that is a different narrative than what's going on for an exhibition game in Tokyo and in Saudi Arabia and in Hong Kong, where those people are just there to see the messy show 
and the messy hoopla and to buy messy merchandise and to show up in the stadium in his jersey. Uh, so there are two different interests. You know, the club, this club, we keep saying it, and I think this is going to be a narrative that's going to be all season. This club is trying to placate the fans around the world who want to see Messi up close, the club ownership and financial officers who want to make money off Messi. They want to milk the Messi cow for as much milk as there is through the year 2025, which is when his contract expires. They have a year and a half left to try to get as much as they can, as much exposure as they can for this team. But you also have a fan base locally and MLS as a league and Apple TV that is very vested in this Inter-Miami team that includes Lionel Messi. So they cannot be at odds with each other. They have to find a way to balance, you know, Messi being ready February 21st with Messi going out on, you know, on a bad hip against 40,000 booing people in Hong Kong. I hate to say it, but that's what, you, yeah. that's what you asked for when you go on this global tour and you go around the world and you parade him out, the, you know, the, the big pony show and show it off the rock stars and all of that stuff. This is what happens. But, I mean, there's pressure for him to play now. I mean, we're going to be – people listening to this are probably listening to it. Whoever gets the early uh, jump on listening to this show uh, is going to be doing it while this game in Tokyo is happening. Um I, I wonder if he does. I mean, even if he is banged up, I mean, I wonder if he does just because of the pressure, because of this whole image crisis that they've had. I wonder if he finally does step in. The good thing on the health side is that after this game, they're coming back. So now they're going to have time to really train and really prepare, really hone in everything they're trying to do. Um, they have one more exhibition at home, but there's a decent break before and after. And then the real thing begins. So Curious to see, does he, do they trot him out there just to appease the fans in Tokyo, even for, you know, 20, 30 minutes, you name it, not the full game. I doubt he plays the full game if he's that, if he's banged up, but I mean, do they at least send him out there for more than seven minutes? Yeah. You know, again, I feel, I mean, I know, you know, the guy is rich, the guy is famous, you know, I'm, you know, we don't have to feel sorry for him in the sense of, you know, his, his overall life. He's got a pretty good life. He's a little messy. Yeah. But I do feel for him in the sense that he has so much pressure on him. He is being pulled in so many directions. I mean, he's like a Gumby, you know, the Gumby that you could stretch and pull. I feel like Leo Messi is like a little Gumby. <clears throat> he's not as tall. No, I'm just kidding. You know, he's like a little Gumby who he wants to please all these people. He has sponsors in Asia, big sponsors, okay? He has big sponsors in Asia, which is one reason they went to Asia. He has interests, financial interests in Asia. So many fans. We're talking about millions and millions of fans in that part of the world. But he also doesn't want to go out there and aggravate a hip injury that is going to then prevent him from playing A at home next Thursday against his boyhood club, Newell's Old Boys, the reason they are coming. Pretty much the reason everyone does everything now with Inter Miami is because of that man, number 10. The reason they're playing against that Argentine club is that that is the hometown team of Lionel Messi and Tata Martino. That is where they both got their start. He doesn't want to miss that game. He's a person. This is where he grew up. This is where he was born in Rosario, Argentina. He doesn't want that team and those fans 
to not be able to see him play even more than probably the people in Tokyo and Hong Kong. And then one week after that, six days after that or whatever, on Wednesday, the 21st, is the season opener. And it's the only match in MLS that day. The MLS season will open with one match and one match only. Inter-Miami against Real Salt Lake at Tri-Pink Stadium. All of the eyes of the league and around the world will tune in on Wednesday the 21st to see this team. With Suarez, with everything, the whole Mount Rushmore of four guys, they've had the preseason now, quote-unquote, although they really haven't, as we just said. They have not been sitting here in Fort Lauderdale training for the last month. They have been gallivanting around, having some ceremonial stuff they have to do, you know, even though they're trying to reduce, you know, they're trying to limit the things they do off the field. But, you know, every time they land in one of these countries, the dignitaries are there. They have to have a gift exchange. They have to do this and that. You know, there are things they have to do for protocol and for etiquette. Uh, they're not just going to ignore their hosts who have paid all this money to see them. So they have been under tremendous pressure on the road. Messi said in this press conference, he went on for 20 minutes, which is really an amazing thing that he spoke for 20 minutes considering all the heat that was on him. And he was there by himself. He didn't have a little uh, helper. He didn't have a little coach sitting next to him. He didn't have Tata or any PR. He sat by himself and he handled all those questions the way that he handles opposing defenses. Okay. He went right around, very deftly handled everything. Um, but one thing that he said, you know, without any prompting in one of the answers that they asked him about how happy is he or how does he feel about being back in Japan, that they know that he's been there before? How does he feel to be back? And he said, I am happy to be here. I've always enjoyed my trips to Japan. The, you know, I've been here with Barca. I was here with PSG. I was here with the Argentine national team. Everyone here treats me with a lot of respect and a lot of love and affection. I do like it here, but I am looking forward to the end of this tour and to getting back home because it's been a long grind. It's been a long stretch of games in a row and travel, and I am looking forward to getting home. And you could see it in his voice, in his demeanor. The guy is spent, probably physically and mentally at this point, with everything that's gone on in the last 48 hours. The guy is physically and mentally spent before this season starts. And that is not what the intent was when they went on this tour. Although those of us who were skeptical from the outside, and there were plenty of skeptics and fans saying that maybe this tour was too much, maybe go do one game in Japan or something, but to go traipsing around the world for money, you know, for financial reasons, fine. We understand why they did it, but how did it affect the team? How did it affect Messi, Suarez, these older aging players? And now we will see as they come back, how are they going to look on the 15th against Newell's? And really most important, how are they going to look on the 21st? And the other thing that Messi did point out again, like twice or three times during the press conference was he said, point blank, he said, the most important thing for us as a team right now is February 21st. That is the start of our league season. That is the start of the league that counts for points. And that is what is our priority. That is what is our focus. That is what's most important. And he said that 
I think partly also to let the fans in Tokyo know and the fans in Hong Kong who were just disappointed that their primary focus and their priority is the opener of MLS season on February 21st. Even though they're happy to be at these things, they're going to do what they can to placate the fans there and to entertain them. But if they're injured, they are not going to risk injury in, and then have to miss the season opener. That was very clear from what he said. So I will be very curious. This is a long-winded answer to, I think, what was your question. It was so long ago, I don't remember. Uh, but I think the question was, you know, do you think he's going to play? And and that's the that's the million dollar, two million dollar, however many million dollar question. Just, Is he going to play? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I just th I just think that the, those fans aren't going to care. I mean, it's the right things to say, no doubt about it. But they're not going to care. They all they care about is seeing him. They're hell bent on seeing him. You know, soccer fans. These are. It, I'm generalizing, but in soccer games, we've seen craziness. We've seen flares thrown on the field, riots in the stands. I mean, heck, they saw it as Argent playing for Argentina not that long ago. You know, sometimes it can get where, I mean, it's fortunate that it was just booing going on the other day. Let's hope it stays to just that, nothing crazy, if he doesn't play and they get disappointed again or something like that. But, you know, like you said, Gum Gumby needs a chance to stretch his arms back in. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna call him Mr. Fantastic. Remember from the Fantastic Four, the stretch <laughs> Mr. guy. Fantastic. Right, right. Yeah. The stretch. Yeah. So just yeah. stretching. So, I feel like I feel like he's being pulled in so many directions. And he's yeah. probably got so many people in his ear between the team and his handlers and his sponsors and the promoters of these games that that really were promoting and advertising messy. I yeah. mean, every advertisement for these games was not showing. No offense, the advertisements were not showing Robert Taylor. They were not showing Lawson no, Sunderland. No. They were not showing Leo Campana. Yeah. They were not showing DeAndre Yedlin. Those are all excellent it's... players. They actually played. We haven't mm -hmm. even discussed, which, again, this whole thing is kind of a disservice also to the rest of the players on this team. Let's talk about them for a minute. We've gone on for 30 about Messi because the truth is he is the focal point of everything on this team, including this podcast including when we talk about him in this manner, the truth is this team, you know, has 28 players or whatever who are out there busting their butt, working hard every day, trying to form a team, trying to listen to what the coaches say, trying to figure out what formation is going to be best. How are they going to be best suited to, to go up against their MLS opponents? And all that anyone wants to talk about, or listen to is what's going on with Messi and, and a little bit, uh, you know, what's going on with Suarez. Everybody else is like, you know, cero a la izquierda, another Spanish phrase my mom taught me. A zero to the left, meaning like when you do a decimal point to the left of the decimal point means yeah. nothing. Even That's lower than cero. A la izquierda. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a cero a la izquierda. So, you know, <clears throat> I feel like the rest of this team is just like, you know, an appendage to to Messi. And so even when the team does well, they played much better against the Hong Kong team. Now, the Hong Kong team was not as good as the teams playing in midseason in Saudi Arabia. I'm not going to say it was the same competition, but the team did look better. They scored four goals. They won the game. The defense, by the way, let's talk tactically for one minute here. Uh, Tata was asked, 
about how he felt the defense played in that game because they had really struggled giving up six goals previously, three in the first 12 minutes. And uh, the previous game also against Al-Hilal, the defense was not good at the beginning. He said that he changed the formation. He changed the system from five to four in back to a flat four in the back. And he admitted and conceded that the team felt much better. The players seemed to feel much more comfortable in that formation with four in the back. So, the, you know, these tactical things are going on while all of this booing and craziness is happening. Poor Tata is standing there on the sideline trying to figure out if it's better to have five in back or four in back and who should start and, you know, where are these guys going to play? And meanwhile, everybody's just booing because they're not seeing Messi. So there are definitely like almost, it's almost like two different teams who are two different things were going on at that stadium on that day. The thing that really involved the inter Miami team is that they won the game and it was their first win and they scored four goals and Campana got his first goal of the preseason and Robert Taylor scored a really nice goal, a curling shot. Lawson Sunderland got significant minutes and played very well. He was involved in the, uh, in the other goal as well. And Ryan Saylor came in and scored on a header for the fourth goal. So, you know, as a team, they looked better. Maybe they've decided that foreign back is better and all of these things we're going to see now going forward. I don't know with this Tokyo game, if you know, how much we'll see. But for sure, when they get back, I think we will see a preview of what we're going to see on the opening day um, of February 21st. But yeah, it's been, it's just been crazy. It's been crazy. And they need to get back and relax and sleep in their own beds and return to their families, return to their loved ones who are going to not going to be booing them. No matter what mm -hmm. they do, you guys are coming back to family and friends and co-workers at the Inter-Miami facility who are going to be supportive of them and are not going to be booing them. So, you know, it'll, it'll be good, I'm sure, for them to get back. And you could just see it in Lionel Messi's face when he was saying, I am looking for, I'm tired. He actually said the words, I'm tired, I forgot to mention. I'm exhausted, I'm tired. And I am, as you know, as happy as he was to be in Japan, he said something to that effect. As happy as I am to be here, and I've always enjoyed my trips here, I am exhausted. I'm a bit exhausted, he said. And I am looking forward to the end of this tour and going back home. And yeah. that says everything you need to know. Yeah, that's, He said that, it from yeah. the horse's mouth, from the cow's, well, from the cash cow's mouth, he well, said it. Mr. Fantastic's mouth right there. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's the telling. That's the, that was the most telling quote of the whole presser in all seriousness because that's the thing. This team, you know, Sunderland and, and Sailor, other than the thousand, the few thousand hardcore Inter Miami fans they were talking about, everybody's like, who? Who's this guy? What? You know, they don't, don't they're, they're drowned out by this legion of supporters around the world that that's who they're catering to. But now you're left with this dilemma. Yeah, I mean, I know it's nice. You're coming home. You're going to rest a little bit. But it's not like they can take a two-week vacation. They have to train. They have to get fit, especially Messi, especially Suarez, the older guys, the quartet, the Mount Rushmore that they brought over from Barcelona. Those guys have to be physically fit to go by the time Real Salt Lake gets on that field with them on the 21st. And, you know, you have to mix. You can mix in some rest, obviously, when you're home. But it's not like you can just... Like I said, take the two weeks off, 
this is going to be an interesting way that they're going to have to be able to build up toward this opener. And can they, and, and then strategically, yes, they made progress, but that is what these next two weeks are for to fine tune all of that stuff. So this is all this whole process. I mean, you hope it wasn't set back, but the way Messi's talking, they definitely were, I, I, you know, physically, this has taken a big toll and not just on him. The other guys aren't, aren't speaking about it publicly, but I'm sure they're probably feeling the same way. Uh, this has been a grueling couple of weeks on the road that luckily now for their, for their sake, you know, it's coming to an end and we, as we get ready to move forward. Yeah, I think it has been grueling for all of them. I mean, I'm sure it's been a, a very interesting cultural experience. Most of those players have not seen that part of the world. You know, some have. The Messis and the Suarez have been on these type of world tours before. This is nothing new to them. But for a lot of the guys on this team, what an amazing experience, of course, to go see Saudi Arabia, you know, to see Tokyo, to see Hong Kong. These are places they may, you know, that they have never seen before. Most of them may not have a chance to see. So I'm sure... It was culturally interesting for them, but the consequences, the price that they paid for that experience is, you know, that they've been, they've been, it's, it's grueling. They've been worn out, I think, uh, physically and emotionally, mentally, all of the pressure that's on them, because, you know, I think we mentioned in the last podcast, but normally in the preseason, you're working behind closed doors. And so when you're not, when you try out a new formation and it doesn't work, nobody is seeing that only the coaches are seeing it. But now when you put your preseason games, when you put seven preseason games in front of the public, seven, seven preseason games in front of the public, not only in front of the public on global TV, when you put these games on global TV, preseason games, and Tata and his coaching staff are trying to experiment in front of the world. They are trying to experiment with their lineup in front of the entire world. That's very different from doing it behind closed doors where no one is seeing the mistakes. And on top of that, the guys probably aren't going as hard in the scrimmages behind closed doors as they are when they know that there are 40,000 and 50,000 paying customers who have paid to go see this game. They're going to try to run harder. They're going to try to run faster. And that is going to take its toll. They will have played seven games over a span of 20 days, I believe, or something like that. You know, it's 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 a lot. It's a lot for anybody, even the young guys, but especially for the older guys. So you, you imagine you imagine the yeah. NFL network, you imagine the NFL network putting six preseason seven preseason games for all to see. I mean, I don't even care if it's Patrick Mahomes or or like the, the people wouldn't watch. I mean, people don't like watching two, three preseason games right now. Imagine that. And this is what they're doing to the whole globe. Yeah, it's too much exposure. It's overexposure. You know, when you say things are overexposed, too much. I think it was a little bit too much, my opinion. This tour, I'm sure the intentions, you know, well, the intentions were they're going to spread the word, they're, they're going to spread the brand, they're going to make money, da, 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 all these things. But in hindsight, in my opinion, too much exposure. Go work behind closed doors. Build a winning team. Go out there and win some games. Win some trophies. And then do a victory tour. At the end of the season, go do a little victory tour. But to do the big victory tour before you've won anything and before your season is about to start, 
you know, it it's a little bit of they got what they they got what they wanted. They wanted global exposure. They got global exposure, but it's not necessarily the exposure that they wanted. And that's the whole thing. If you want to be Manchester United, you want to be Juventus or Real Madrid, Barcelona, whatever, you want to be on that level, you got to win first. And we've talked about that. We talked about that this week a lot. You have to you have to stock up that trophy room a little bit. And one league's cup is nice, but it's just a little it's just one little trophy there to start. They have to rack up a few more before you can get on this type of level. But we'll see. Though maybe they'll learn from it. Maybe things will improve. But right now, image wise, they have some cleaning up to do. And uh, we will recap that and and then some for you. I mean, we'll talk a little bit more about this Tokyo game. However, it turns out you may be watching it right now, as I said before, as you're watching us or listening to us. Maybe you have the game on mute and listening to us. Who knows? Hopefully you have it that way so that way you can hear everything that Michelle informed you about uh, during the show. And we'll be back next week to look at that and look ahead a little bit more as we get closer and closer to the start of the 2024 MLS season and see how Inter-Miami and this crazy squad does this year. But uh, for Michelle Kaufman, I'm Andre Fernandez. As always, remember, you can catch us on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, Victoria doing the guns right there. Maybe we'll see some more of that in the, in the weeks to come from Suarez when he gets back on the field. But we'll be back next week to bring it to you. For Michelle, I'm Andre. Thanks again for watching.